Hi, welcome to the Amity Podcast. We are a husband and wife striving for Amity. We're sitting down and talking through ministry, life, theology, books, and family. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jono. Welcome, welcome. I'm feeling very rusty after just taking one episode slot off, if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's 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 winter and it's a little bit tiring. It's not winter yet. It's uh, whatever. It feels <laughs> it's like winter. Autumn. <laughs> um, yeah. Bit crazy here. Uh, we're going away next week uh, for three days. Yeah. And with my parents, and I kind of working on four sermons, and there we go. So busy, busy. Too much to do. And we spent like five hours in a membership class booklet yesterday. All good things, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do we got tonight, Lauren? Um, we're going to talk through the fourfold state of man. Yeah. So, this is something that I... Am very much a fan of, and we'll get to to why shortly, mm-hmm. uh, and what we're talking about. Uh, but the reason the fourfold state of man, I think, is helpful, mm-hmm. is because it allows us to sort of have a level playing field of sorts to to explain doctrines of salvation and then mm. kind of lots of the different views. Uh, Calvinism, so the doctrines of grace, Arminianism, Pelagianism, and how that all fits in. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes some of those discussion topics from just sort of being abstract um, intellectual debates to, you know, you talking about total depravity and stuff like that. But actually, like, really put some of these topics into um, the Bible's timeline from Genesis through Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives it a biblical, the- it's like a kind of a primitive biblical theological basis. Um, and and then allows us to have a level playing field to be able to be like, okay, cool. What does sin do? Uh, to the human will. What does this do to um, our ability to, to make decisions? What does this ability, our ability to do things righteously, like, and what has to, what has to happen? So, The Fourfold State, it's um, his book from Thomas Boston, uh, who's a Puritan, uh, a good one. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of Puritans. <laughs> Uh, 1676 to 1732, Human Nature in its Fourfold State. And basically what he did is he, he wrote a book elaborating on something that comes out of Augustine. Mm-hmm. Augustine, 4th century. Um, and his view on the human will. But we have debates about free will and all of those those kind of discussions, like the human will, it's our ability to to choose and and make decisions and um, 
our agency, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so Boston viewed humanity as existing within four states, right? The state of innocence mm-hmm. before the fall. Right, so Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, the state of nature, which is after the fall from Genesis 3 onwards. Uh, the state of grace from Genesis 3 onwards as well. And so that's why we start mm-hmm. getting into, you know, individuals being in a state of, na- like just a state mm-hmm. of nature mm-hmm. in Adam. A uh, state of grace. Uh, their believers and then the state of eternity which is the fourth one which is a glorified state Mm. and so he uses Augustine's language and yeah just develops it really Uh, Augustine's course using Latin (laughs) yeah yeah so so it's got all of these 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 sort of these sort of pieces and it if you if you just do a quick Google on for human nature in its fourfold state or Augustine on the world, you kinda get these laid out. So what's the first one, Lauren? Pre fall. Yep. Able to sin, able to not sin. So the ultimate state of free will, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have the able to sin. Adam and Eve were created very good, Mm -hmm. we're told. They had the ability to sin, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they were also able to not sin. So they had a a trajectory towards righteousness. And so before the fall, nothing they did was sinful. Right. So their will wanted to do good, mm-hmm. and that's it. So they're just they're going around living, just simply doing good, mm-hmm. doing what is righteous, mm-hmm. uh, not sinning at all. And the I think we should do it at some point. We'll, we'll touch on the Westminster Confession, sixteen eighty nine. Both use the same sixteen eighty nine London Baptist. Both use in chapter nine of free. They have a uh, chapter called free will. Mm-hmm. They both talk about Adam and Eve having a unstable righteousness, meaning mm-hmm. like so their will was unstable. Meaning right. that can sound confusing, but it's what it simply means is they have the ability to fall. Yeah, it wasn't that they were like unable to sin mm. so that they could just keep continuing on and never have to think about exactly. it. Exactly. So they, there was a real ability for them to be tempted mm-hmm. and to give into that temptation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they're walking on a balance beam. Yeah, you're walking on a balance beam the whole time. You're walking, you're fine. You're continually walking on the balance beam. Mm. But you got the opportunity to fall off the balance beam. Uh, so they had an opportunity to fall out of uh, their righteous state. And so I would say, I think a lot of other people would say, there's no grace. Adam and Eve did not need grace. Mm. 
You know, so it's like people say, well, grace, God was good to them. Yeah, true. Yes, God was good to them. He was the creator and so on. But they had no sin that needed any kind of atoning uh, for. Uh, they they had no need of the cross, so to speak. Mm. Um, they were innocent. So it's a state of innocence. What happens next? The woman messes it up, right? No? <laughs> the man messes it up? I mean, it could have just been one of them, right? Yeah. (laughs) That was a weird thought. (laughs) But yes, they give in to temptation, they disobey God's words, and they sin. Yeah. So then you've got the post-fall, able to sin, but also unable to not sin. Oh, dear. You're stuck. (laughs) Unable to not sin. And this is, that is crucial to this discussion. Mm. Does that mean, so that's kind of like original sin. Does that mean someone who's in sin and who's born and who's living and does not know the Lord, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Does that mean they're unable to do what we would consider good things? No. No. They can do, but they're alienated from God. Yep. And so at no point, even if they're doing good things, say they're they're giving some water to someone that's thirsty, Mm -hmm. they're helping someone who crossed the street, whatever whatever it is, none of it's being done to God's glory. Right. None of it is truly loving God. The Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah. And so therefore we can say it is still sin. Mm. It doesn't mean well, everyone's a moral monster. Right. Um, yeah. They're not utterly depraved. But they're still unable to not sin. Mm-hmm. A text that's so helpful on this, if you go to John 3, um, John 3, you know, begins with speaking about the kingdom of God. And unless you're born again, you shall not see the kingdom. Right? Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, don't marvel. The wind blows where it wishes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. And then we get John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But what follows, I think that really illustrates this um, state uh, post-fall of being unable to not sin, is verse 17. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son. And here's the kicker. And this is the judgment. That the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. Lest his work should be exposed. 
But whoever does what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. There is a requirement for God, and ultimately if we see from the beginning of John 3, the Holy Spirit, there's a requirement that God give grace to people in order that they not sin, in order that they do come to the light, and in order that they do choose Him. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus so often says, you know, something along the lines of, you do what you are. You know, you, you, know, a, you know a tree by its fruit. Mm-hmm. And... Why do we sin? There's a sense, yes, we're captive to sin, but it's also what our world wants. Mm. So what would you say, so if someone says you have two people, one's one's a non-believer, one's a believer, and they do the same actions. Right. And they're all, you know, moral, good moral actions. Mm -hmm. You know, so how do you explain what the difference is between that non-believer doing a what we would consider a good moral thing mm-hmm. as that still their inability to not do anything other than sin mm-hmm. and a believer who can do that and it be righteousness mm-hmm. is and is that I'm so I'm just asking how do you explain that and how is that um it's based on our relationship with God, obviously. Mm-hmm. And is that just because we are covered in Christ's righteousness so that God sees his son? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's there's an element in which even our best deeds yeah. as believers require the blood of Christ to cover it. Yeah. Um, my best prayers are still... Yeah. Forgiven by Christ. But there is a sense in which we have bowed the knee. We have we have come to the Lord. We have admitted in our poor in spirit, blessed mm-hmm. with the poor in spirit. We have admitted our own lack of righteousness mm-hmm. and thus found righteousness in Christ. Mm-hmm. We have been reconciled to him. In the sense that we are now on his team in his household. And therefore actually all of our acts are then working for the sake of the family firm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's an enormous difference to to someone who's still doing good but for the sake of their own name. Mm. Not giving glory to the Lord. Um, so I, I would say that there's an, there's an element in, it's like, which kingdom are you serving? Yeah. And serving the kingdom of self, even if you're seeking to do good for others, it's just simply showing that the light of nature is showing you what's good, you know, and you're still someone who is, uh, Bears the image of God and therefore wants to do what is good. So, and, and I would say that also that this unable to enable 
to not sin. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Calvinists even, like to appeal to Romans 3. Right. And they're like, oh, look, none righteous, not one. Yeah. Etc., etc. All that is is the Apostle Paul quoting the Old Testament and expounding it. Mm. You know, that's Psalm 14. Yep. He's quoting Isaiah. Um, as well, you know, the throats right. open graves, yeah, and so on. Um, so there's there's been a sense in which, right from Genesis three, humanity in Adam has been in rebellion against God, mm-hmm. and our wills choose to do what we want to do. So when people say, "Oh, we have free will," I was like, you really got to say, "What do you mean by that?" Because Mm-hmm. Your will does what it is, you know. You mm-hmm. you will you choose what you like, mm-hmm. and scripture is incredibly clear that on our own we in sin we run from God. Yeah, John six forty four. You know, uh, no one comes to me unless the Father draws it. Yep. There's a, a sense in which we find ourselves after the after the fall mm-hmm. in need of salvation. I mean, that's kind of typified by uh, God clothing Adam and Eve with animal skins. You know, there's a there's a need for there's a need for grace and there's a need for mercy right from uh, right from the get go. So. What follows on uh, from that, uh, Lauren, you got the next bit. Um, rebirth. So, able to sin, able to not sin. Yeah. So, Boston's calls it the state of grace. We are transformed by the Holy Spirit. A transformation of the will, a transformation of our affections, and we find within ourselves the ability to be, yes, still able to sin, but able to not sin. Right. And so the wording there is the same as pre fall. Mm hmm. And what would you say, like, what, what, what is the difference there, even though that's the same wording? There's been a decision to sin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's forever changed everything else. So there's kind of like, if you're going to draw this on a graph, like you've, you've kind of got pre-fall, you've got like a flat line, and then post-fall, you've got like a slope down. And then the state of grace and the the rebirth, you've kind of got like a line going back up or even like a rocky line going back up. Right, zigzags, yeah. Kind of going back up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so there's been a decision to sin. So then sin is always part of it. And there's the, the fallenness of of creation, the fallenness of our own flesh, there, the marring of the image of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna look at it next week. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all taking place. Yeah. 
But what we do then find is with the help, help of the Spirit and being translated into a state of grace. We do now desire the gospel. We do now desire to, to bow, bend our knee and, mm-hmm. and, and come to Christ. We do now find a desire to repent of sin rather than, yeah. than glory in it. We find rest for our souls. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we, have to, we find the ability to say no to temptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we find the ability to, to do things to the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, there's a no longer running, use the language of John 3, no longer running from the light lest our evil deeds be exposed. We can go to the light. Yeah. And this is so crucial. We actually want to do it. Mm. We actually want to do it. And that's being born again because mm-hmm. the tree bears fruit. You do... What you are, you are born again. <laughs> and so therefore in the, the reform system, doctrines, you know, the doctrines of grace, re, in the, the order of salvation, so to speak, regeneration precedes faith. Mm-hmm. Like regeneration is monogistic. It is something that, that God does by the Spirit. The, mm-hmm. the, the wind blows where it will, that God transforms the heart by, by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are born again, and now we... And, and that's really against what a lot of... Like, people say you're five-point Calvinist, and they'll say... Like, people say to me, are you Calvinist? I'm like, what do you mean by that? Because mm-hmm. oftentimes the answer is no. Um... <laughs> Because they're like what they're really saying is, oh, um, you believe that that God elects you and uh, and yeah, and then like makes you believe, like forces you to forces you to believe, mm-hmm. so to speak. And you've got they're like you've got no free will, and they kind of like collapse a whole bunch of things into one, like mm-hmm. into one. I always say, you must choose. Mm-hmm. You must believe. You must use your will. The question is, is... Is your will bound? Yeah. To sin? Yeah. Mm. And so, people forget, like, Arminius, Jacob Jacobus Arminius. He was a Dutch Reformed minister. Mm-hmm. Right? So he wasn't, you know, in a diff like... He wasn't in the Assemblies of God or something like that. He was <laughs> he was a Dutch Reformed minister. And he kind of came along and said, Hey, hold on a moment. Like, mm-hmm. actually, the will... You know, you're not born again first. And then you choose. It's like you, you kind of... Your will works in tandem with the Holy Spirit. Right. And so that was the debate. But so much of people these days, they're like, they're so far from this. Yeah, they're way beyond what he said. Yeah, they're, they're, they're way beyond. They're just like, no, 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 we got free will, we can choose. I was like, great. And, I was like, and then God catches up and gives and me the moves. Holy Spirit. Like, Yeah, it's like, yeah. like no. like I, I think these verses are very, very strong that mm. we run from the light. Yeah. 
It says it is evidence that the spirit has been at work in you. Mm. Both the Calvinist and the Arminian should agree with this. It is evidence that the spirit of God has been at work in you if you want good, if you want, you know, if you want to come to God. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippians 2.13, I think it is. God is at work in you to will mm-hmm. and to, you know, to do his good pleasure. You know, it says that God has been at work in this, this will, this agency that is now coming out of you to do good. God has been at work. Mm. Um, and that's controversial to, 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 to some people. It ought not to be. Mm. Um, the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation, is why Arminians can still sit within the Protestant tradition. The Protestant, Ooh, don't tell many Calvinists that. Yeah, but <laughs> the Reformation was Augustinian. Mm. And, and, and I mean that. Like, it says the Reformation was Augustinian, meaning this view of the world. Mm. It's not invented by Martin Luther or John <laughs> Calvin or any of those people. It's mm. like, it's like no, it's going back to the 4th century. That, you know, right, right about that time. That understanding of the human world that God is king. Mm. God has free will. And our world is about to sin now. What does grace do? Mm. What does the spirit do? Um, what is the gospel? Um, what is the Lord's Supper doing? You know, that's where all those debates then started coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a simple question of like, oh, well, we just choose to do whatever we want. Mm. Um, we do choose whatever we want, and we choose sin. Mm. So everyone ought to be agreeing that to some degree or another, God the Holy Spirit has been at work in us, changing our wills in order that we come to the light, in order that we come to Christ, in order that we desire to do true righteousness. Mm. The debate then is over how much help is given. Because mm-hmm. that's the problem. Yeah. Post-fall, in the state of nature, in Adam, unable to not sin. So what does grace do? Transforms. Hmm. Did you want to talk about just the Jesus as the greater Adam? like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing. Yeah, I mean. Like that that's the first a, that, Adam couldn't do. That's a whole nother podcast probably. That's a, that's a sermon, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you um, wanted to touch on but it. But I, I think Romans 5 is is um, is kind of the crucial text mm. on that. That in one man all die. Mm-hmm. And then Christ all made alive. Uh, that Jesus Christ... The God-man, truly God, truly man, comes, enters into human history, born of a virgin, born without sin, Mm -hmm. 
He has no sin nature. Mm-hmm. But he's still truly human. Mm-hmm. And so he is, we're told in Galatians, uh, Galatians 4, that Jesus is born under the law. Under the law. And there's a sense, Luke 3.35 says that Adam, the son of God. Mm. That Adam was the divine son, given the divine task and the divine place to worship and serve the creator. And Christ, the divine son, enters in, given a divine task, to truly, fully obey the law. As articulated in the Mosaic economy, mm-hmm. the Mosaic covenant, mm-hmm. as a Jew, circumcised in Abraham, the offspring of Abraham, the mm-hmm. offspring through whom the promise would come, but he he kept the law. He, mm-hmm. he kept the, the dietary laws, the ceremonial laws, he, yeah. uh, the, the, the moral laws. He kept the Ten Commandments perfectly. And so... Jesus Christ did not sin at all. Mm-hmm. So that his righteousness, his inheritance, all of his blessings and benefits might be given to all those who would trust in him. That Jesus Christ is then the, the true faithful Israel who did not sin. Mm. I always find, and I'm not like I'm like not ready for that question as far as, um, you know, Jesus' ability to sin or not. Oh right. That's like that's just a <laughs> look that up yourself. <laughs> I guess for my own brain, I put that in the too hard like divine mystery basket. <laughs> Didn't happen. Stop it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, Do I need to worry about it? Because it didn't need it. Exactly. He has ascended to glory, not coming back before time. You know. I know. I have some friends who think that way, though, and would definitely yeah. love going down that rabbit trail. Uh, That's fine. But... Hypo- just hypothetical, yeah. theoretical theology. Just like not my thing. I'm like, did not happen. Yeah. Um, the I, I do think the there is one is like what would have happened if Adam didn't sin, you know? So that that's a good one. But Oh, we talked a lot about that at home yeah. when oh. we did this. Um got interesting. We'll, we'll uh we'll leave that one. So what's the last state? Um Glorified. Able to not sin, unable to sin. Ooh. Unable to sin. Sounds different. Yeah, so <laughs> there's there's righteousness, and that's all there is. Mm. Revelation twenty one twenty two. Yep, that's it. No possibility of falling. Sounds good. No unstable righteousness. It's mm-hmm. a completely stable righteousness because mm-hmm. that's all there is. Mm-hmm. There's no curse. There's there's nothing. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Mm-hmm. And so that graph then in the fourfold state of man where you've got this like flat line, you've got this drop, and then there's this 
zigzaggy, slow the, progression. <laughs> yeah, whatever progression going up. Mm-hmm. It then finalized at a high point and, and stable. Mm-hmm. Um, flat line, but a higher flat line. Mm-hmm. And so I think what this helps us understand as well is that the end is better than the beginning. Mm-hmm. That in Christ, the second Adam, we receive a glorified body. Christ is glorified now. We receive a glorified body. Adam and Eve were not perfect. Right. They could be improved upon. Yep. That improved upon is the glorified state. As Christ is now, we are treated as believers. But we are as as righteous. But we... Right. We still have our flesh. Mm. We still have the ability to fall into temptation. And to, we sin each and every day. We do not desire righteousness truly, fully as much as we could. Um, but that will change. And so that is... Yeah, end of 1 Corinthians 15. In a moment, in a twinkling mm. of an eye, we shall be changed. <laughs> I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is, yeah, the, the the fullness of sanctification comes to its end when we receive a glorified body. Unable to sin. Mm-hmm. You're looking forward to meeting me? Unable <laughs> to sin? Well, I don't mean this to be insulting, mm-hmm. but... When we get to that point, we're not going to be married, and there's going to be a lot of other people that I want to meet. Oh, okay. so we'll, we'll have had our time on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I won't even be sad. Exactly. <laughs> or mad. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, for any. Cool. Uh, Comments, questions, or cries of outrage, you can talk to Jono. Yeah. So I, I guess what we now have to do is start going through some of those confessions mm-hmm. and handle the will, total depravity, the extent of the atonement, and those kind of questions. Right. But this is not going to turn into doctrine and devotion. Like, no. They've gone through... You know, the 1689 London Baptist Confession, like, in its entirety. I understand. So. But <laughs> just a level of... I, I think this is helpful to, to really start off. Because yes. uh, when, when we start thinking about the doctrines of grace... Mm. Um, I agree. This is actually kind of rubber meets the road. Mm. Um, yep. And... Yeah, it's kind of hard to... Yeah. You can wrestle with this and study it more. Yeah. But if you actually are going to come at, come to the point where you say you flat out disagree... Yeah. We're going to have some problems. Because that's not just choosing Arminianism over Calvinism. It's beyond that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely, there's, there's space to, there's definitely space to, to wrestle. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, that's what I like about this is it kind of gives you sort of a, a field for dialogue. Yeah. 
and kind of think through like which of those states is that irks you, you know, or yeah. makes you feel uncomfortable or totally, totally. Cool. All right. We're done. Under 40 minutes. Amazing. <laughs>